So when people say, oh, you can never do that, you can never go skydiving, you can never start a company, you could, you know, how are you going to do that? I think, first of all, something my my parents used to say to me was, uh, you know, when maybe I was having a challenging day, they'd say, oh, consider the source. And I think it's still true to this day that trying to understand across the table where they're coming from. So let's say, for example, that, you know, they're, they're a mother, they have a lot of things that they're trying to figure out today around homeschooling and, you know, challenges along the way, they are going to project those challenges Mm -hmm. onto the advice that they're going to be giving to you. They may not know that that's what they're doing, but I think that you don't always know what their journey is. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks, come from a different cloth, y'all will get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, everyone. Episode number 214 here on the Decoding Success Podcast. You're rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, and in just a few moments, we're introducing to you our friend, Kara Golden, CEO and founder of Hint, Inc. And you know what? Let's call a spade a spade. Let's put it all out on the table right now. You're a human being. I'm a human being. We all have doubts. We all have fears. But today, Kara's joining the show to teach us the secret of overcoming those doubts, to overcoming those fears, and how to conquer them. But even beyond that, she's teaching us another secret, something that's absolutely inevitable. There's people in our life, each and every one of us have them, people in our life that want us to play it safe, that tell us, you know what, that seems like a crazy idea, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know why? Because they're projecting their fears onto us, right? Whether it be our family, whether it be our friends, whether it be the haters that are so far removed from our life that just so happen to keep checking up on us. We all have them. And Kara today is joining us to teach us how to become undaunted, overcoming doubts and overcoming doubters. Kara is the founder and CEO of Hint Inc., best known for its award-winning Hint Water, the leading unsweetened flavored water. She has received numerous accolades, including being named EY Entrepreneur of the Year in 2017 and one of InStyle's 2019 Badass 50. Previously, Kara was VP of Shopping Partnerships at America Online, a company that we all know very, very well. She hosts the podcast, The Kara Golden Show, and her first book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, was released in October 2020, is now a Wall Street Journal and Amazon bestseller. We are diving into how to become undaunted, something we all need in this life if we're pursuing our greatest potential. So without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Kara Golden. Kara, welcome to the show. Excited to have you. Absolutely love what you're putting out into the world, what you're creating, continuously creating nonetheless. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Now, this is not how I plan to start the show, but I see something in your background that's super intriguing, and that is the painting or mural of what looks to be a puppy. Is that correct? Oh, it's my, yeah, now my 12-year-old lab, Sadie. So she's sitting, sitting over here to the right, sleeping on the floor. So she has become my 
podcast buddy and all my interviews. So every once in a while, you'll hear a snore out of her, but she's very quiet right now. I love that. Now, the reason I bring that up, I just had this conversation. I saw it in the background. I said, you know what? This is the perfect segue into it. How do we show ourselves the unconditional love a dog shows us? It's a great question, actually. You know, I think it's a constant reminder, frankly, you know, when you've got animals that do treat you maybe better than some humans do, right? Sadly. And I think it is, it's a reminder to think about, you know, where it all starts and ends, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't actually appreciate yourself and not only who you are, but also kind of what your journey is and, you know, the ups, the downs, the hard things that you've been through, all of those things, I think it's, it just makes life worthwhile to sort of think about it as, you know, really it starts with you versus actually trying to, you know, figure out why certain people don't act a certain way. Yeah. I love that. Now, like I said, totally unplanned, but I saw that. I said, you know what? Let me ask. <laughs> it just worked out. Uh, and the reason I actually bring it up, I have your book next to me, Undaunted. I know we're going to be diving into this. Maybe we do it right now. Amazing stuff in here. Oh, you can't hey, even hey, see it because of my filter, but honestly, amazing stuff. Just raw, transparent. I appreciate it. I'm still going through it. I'm probably the slowest reader on earth, but regardless, I absolutely love the way that you talk about your personal journey and whatnot. So first and foremost, what do you feel like are some of your own doubts just for our listeners right now that might resonate with the audience at hand? Yeah. So when I started Hint 16 years ago, I had been a tech executive. I had started out my career in media in the magazine industry and then moved into television and ended up morphing into a, a startup in Silicon Valley and which was acquired by a company you may recognize called America Online. And I ran direct to consumer partnerships for them for seven years and had definitely worked for incredible startups, had grown significant business for America Online. It was a billion dollars in revenue when, when I left, but I still doubted whether or not I could walk into a new industry. I doubted that I could actually go and start a company. I doubted that I could go up against large beverage companies or go out and raise money. And I think one of the reasons why I really wanted to write this book, and frankly, it's stuff that I share with other entrepreneurs and friends along the way, is that I'm a huge believer that we can all do really hard things. It's not saying that it isn't easy. It's not saying that we don't get you know, pushed down or that we don't have some challenges along the way, but we have to believe in ourselves first, right? We have to believe that we can do it. And if you walk into a situation, for example, raising money, thinking that you're not going to be able to raise money because you've never raised money before. You're a first-time entrepreneur. You're a female walking into a business, whatever it is, then no one's going to invest in you, right? And I think that that's the thing that I really looked at early on was I had everything that I needed. I, I had worked for incredible entrepreneurs, including Steve Case and Ted Turner and, you know, lots of great insights there that, you know, when you look back in history, things that you learn. But I think that me, like so many other people, believe like you can't switch industries when you can't walk into a new industry and start a company if you haven't had experience in that industry. But instead, the lens that I came in to this industry with really helped me to be able to do something different, call it disrupt, 
whatever you want to look at it as, because I was able to really look at it from a consumer perspective and my own perspective first in terms of, I, I was trying to get off of diet soda and I knew how challenging that was. And when I was looking for an alternative, water was the obvious choice, but I didn't view it as a long-term option because I never enjoyed the taste of plain water. Mm -hmm. So I started slicing up fruit and throwing it in the water. And then I started looking around for just that in a ready-made product that didn't have sweeteners in it. And when I saw this hole in the market, that's when I decided, first of all, why isn't this product out there? And somebody else should go do it. I didn't sit there and say, here's my opportunity to go start, to go be an entrepreneur. I can do this. Instead, I figured out 18 different reasons why I wasn't the one. And so I think that the message really is no matter what you decide to do, and certainly entrepreneurism is a choice. As I tell people, it's not an easy journey for any entrepreneur in any industry, but more than anything, you can do things if you actually take your time, have confidence in yourself, and have a great idea that can actually solve a problem. Absolutely. That's the key thing. I love that. A lot to unpack here. And I want to touch on something that you brought up, which is the belief that you had in yourself. Now, how did you actually build that, right? Because it's almost like a muscle in a sense, in my opinion. I'm sure you can attest to that in a sense. But how did you start to believe in yourself? And was it as simple as just going out there and trying? Or was it different? Because you had mentioned, you know, walking into a pitch meeting, you kind of already had to have the belief in yourself. So it sounds like it's a little bit more proactive than reactive. Yeah. You know, I think there were different steps along the way, but the number one thing that I think was really, really helpful to me, and it's sort of, you know, maybe it does, it's not so helpful to people when you're in the phase of, you know, kind of a pre-launch, but for me, the, the customer feedback, the information that I was getting from them early on that said I was helping, that I was on target, right? That I'll never forget, it was actually the first day that I launched our product at Whole Foods when a customer reached out. We had, since day one, email and a phone number on our bottle where people could call into customer service. That customer service was me um, (laughs) early on. And, you know, this gentleman said that he had been looking for a product to help him with this new disease that he had called type 2 diabetes. Now, you have to remember... 16 years ago, that was, I mean, it was a tiny percentage of the population. Today, type 2 diabetes, not only in the US, but throughout the world is the fastest growing disease that's out there. It's also a indicator for a lot of other diseases to come, including heart disease and some other things as as well. So it was then when I thought here, this person had been looking for a product like Hint, he stumbled upon it and saw that it didn't have sweeteners in it. And he felt the urge to call the phone number on the bottle to tell us how happy he was, Mm -hmm. because there was a problem that he had probably been thinking about for a while, but for whatever reason, wasn't as crazy as I was to go out and actually create a product around it. And I thought, you know, if I could actually do something in my journey to help people do the impossible, that 
and especially one that relates to health, one that relates to their own longevity. That's a powerful thing. And that's something that is that still to this day, getting in on those customer service calls on those, you know, looking at those emails from customers when you're having your own doubts that going back to the consumer and really kind of hearing that you're solving a problem for them, it's a lifter, right? And Mm -hmm. that's really the key thing. Now, prior to that, I think that the most important thing for me was, was really learning about kind of having this goal and this daunting, scary goal out there to go and launch a company, but focusing on the little steps. And I think that the best entrepreneurs that I'm sure there, there are others out there who maybe didn't follow this path, but being an athlete along the way and knowing that, you know, I was a gymnast, I was a runner, that you're not going to be able to run a mile. If you've never run a mile, you're not going to be able to do that tomorrow, right? Without really feeling it. Maybe right. you can you can push yourself. Maybe that's not a great example. Maybe a marathon is a, is a better example. And so you have to look at, you have to train, you have to look at the steps along the way and how you do in achieving those steps and know that maybe there's certain days, I'll take running as an example, where you're not going to be able to do it, right? You're too sore. You didn't do something that was going to enable you to be able to achieve your goal. You take it easy on yourself and continue on tomorrow. And I think that it really is a mindset that for people who had been in childhood athletics, that they were used to it, that they would get back up and they would keep going and looking at somebody else who maybe you're jealous of because they're a bigger company, or it seems like they had no problem doing any, any of this building, but now they had a big problem, you know, that you're maybe hearing about along the way. I think it's just, it's like looking at those people and knowing that, you know, it wasn't as easy for them as maybe you'll make it out to be. Absolutely. And I think that's where the whole unconditional love thing ties in too, right? Because there's obviously going to be turbulence. There's going to be comparison. There's going to be all of that on the journey. And then, you know, when you're able to show yourself unconditional love, even when it comes down to business or your personal development journey or your relationship or whatever, I think that really ties in there. So I, I love that point. But I'm curious to play devil's advocate here a little bit. You were mentioning the positives uh, regarding the customer feedback and whatnot, but part of your book is also dealing with the doubters, that external Mm -hmm. source of just people kind of, let's call it what it is, hating, just telling you, hey, you know, you can't do this. I'm curious, how do you not let the doubters, that external force penetrate your own belief system? I feel like, and maybe this comes with, with uh, experience or age along the way, but what I feel like oftentimes people are articulating their own, you know, challenges, right. To, to you. So when people say, oh, you can never do that. You can never go skydiving. You can never start a company. You could, you know, how are you going to do that? I think, first of all, something my, my parents used to say to me was, you know, when maybe I was having a challenging day, they'd say, oh, consider the source. And I think it's still true to this day that trying to understand across the table where they're coming from. So let's say, for example, that, you know, they're 
they're a mother, they have a lot of things that they're trying to figure out today around, around homeschooling, you know, challenges along the way, they are going to project those challenges mm -hmm. onto the advice that they're going to be giving to you. They may not know that that's what they're doing, but I think that you don't always know what their journey is. And I think that's what I would say is true pretty much with, with everybody along the way who was giving me their own opinions. They are just opinions. One of the examples that I gave in the book was a very seasoned executive from a big soda company. When I was a friend had connected me with him and we were having a conversation, I thought actually around distribution and potentially trying to get an idea around whether or not they would put our product on their trucks to distribute in stores. But also I had some questions around shelf life and how do we actually produce our product that I thought here's somebody with many years of experience, they can probably share. I'm not asking them for any big secrets. What I was looking for is just advice on, have you looked at this? Have you talked to this person? And instead we never got past the idea that he felt that this was a stupid idea, an idea that, that really didn't have legs. Mm -hmm. And when you look at somebody who's been in a large corporation and who has never had experience outside of what they do every single day, isn't used to innovating and coming up with new ideas and sort of starting from scratch to not only build a product, but also build an entirely new category. I had a little bit of a view into this from my father who had run an innovation project inside of a large company called ConAgra, and he had developed a product called Healthy Choice. And so part of his frustration was that he was, you know, kind of a frustrated entrepreneur, I call them, because he would always be competing internally with the, you know, the bigger brands when Healthy Choice wasn't a big brand for market share. And, but what he realized was that there were some key things that he knew and he believed in this consumer of the future, but trying to get the people that were on the, the hamster wheel going around and around and, and around and are, weren't used to sort of looking at something new was really challenging to him. And he would, you know, come home and he would just be really frustrated. And, and I think having had that experience, you know, it's interesting. I didn't know why I was having those experiences as a kid, why I was hearing these conversations. And I think one thing that the book and writing it all out for me really did was think about a lot of my past and, and a lot of, if Steve Jobs said, you know, the dots eventually connect, right? There's a lot of conversations. There's a lot of things in your own journey that you can actually use to help you in the future. Yet when you're going through those times, good and bad conversations that your father might've been talking to you about, but you were just like, oh, this is random. How is it relevant to me? Those things I believe are supposed to be useful, that your job is to figure out why were they in my path? Mm, exactly. I want to stay on that one minute. You, I 100% agree with you that when doubters come in, they're projecting their own fears, their own challenges, their own disbelief in themselves, or maybe they're envious of you and they're like, oh, wow, he or she is actually doing this. I 100% agree there. I'm just curious 
your experience and or advice for someone that receives it from someone so close to them, right? I'll give you an example, a personal one. My mother, when I left Mm -hmm. my job with one of the sharks on Shark Tank, she was up in a fit. She's like, how can you do this? It's your first job out of college. You're starting a podcast. You're starting this. You're doing just literally so much doubt, so much doubt. So I'm curious when it comes from someone so close to you, what's your advice there? So again, I think that you are hearing a lot of her own journey and a lot of her own fears, 1000%. And I think that the hardest thing to listen to is family and friends projecting that, but not actually owning that that's kind of what's going on. And that's the way that they see the world. They don't want you to take risks because they don't want you to get hurt. Yeah. Right. So it's coming from a place of love. I assume maybe not the guy from the big soda company that was telling me it was a stupid idea. For him, I think it was coming from a place of competitiveness, right? And he didn't want a product like mine that went head to head with, was really counter to what he was trying to do. But I think that explaining to these people that for you, it's something that you need to go do, that you are willing to take that risk, that you are willing to place this into your journey because you feel like it's something that you need to go through. So I really believe that, first of all, I wasn't going to starve. I had some savings that I could use. And so I had, you know, thought through that a bit when family and friends came to me. But I also felt like I was in a mode of, it wasn't actually as risky as people were sort of creating in their own mind. So for me, I thought, even if this doesn't work out, I'll still be a great dinner party guest to sort of share like, okay, here's my craziest story. I started this beverage company, not really sure why, but here's what I learned. And maybe it would even be a bigger appreciation for where I had been, right? And where I wanted to go back to, right? There's, you know, the saying of, you know, let the bird fly, right? Or whatever the exact saying is, I think that there's there's something to be said about, allowing people to go and continue to go and do something that is challenging to them. And when somewhere along the way, here's sort of another point for people to kind of think about somewhere along the way, I feel like the book of life was go out and then just keep building, just keep putting your bricks on top of one another. And eventually, you know, you'll, have that top job, you'll have that big house, you'll have this big family, whatever it is. We all know that there's a lot that happens before that point. And, and I think for me, I felt like I had been, I had risen to this great role, youngest vice president at AOL had, you know, my family was doing fine, but I felt like for me to go to another tech company at the time was more about, we want you to come into our company and do exactly what you did at AOL, but also better. Mm -hmm. So it was continuing to put the bricks on versus allowing myself to go and take some risks and go build another house, right? Or go. And so there aren't a lot of people who think about maybe in your industry, you, 
you are thinking about, well, you know, what does that mean? I mean, do I go back down? I'm a vice president in a company. Do I go back down to, uh, do I demote myself and go back in the industry? Probably not. Instead, not by choice, but instead going into a totally different industry and learning a new industry and maybe taking what you were so good at that you were promoted for and bringing that into an industry that you feel that you see needs fixing, that to me was worth the risk. Absolutely. One thing that I love that you mentioned was the fact that you weren't scared, nor were you egotistical in the sense of you asking questions to someone that may be able to help you. So what is your advice to someone to keep that ego out of the driver's seat and to ask questions, like to not be scared to do so, to not, you know, be worried about looking a certain way. It's important Mm -hmm. to be a student of life. I actually just saw you post something on social about that. So I'm curious. Yeah. Well, look, I think when you go into another industry and it's so clear, you have no idea what you're talking about and you're running into every single day, you're running into hurdles that are surprising to you that you, you know, never really realized were the case. And I think more than anything, use the example of the shelf life Mm -hmm. issue that I was talking about before. I would ask, why do products need preservatives in them? I hadn't, you know, I had taken basic science classes, so I sort of, you know, roughly understood it. But the fact that everybody was just saying just because Mm. in the beverage industry and that so many people had spent many years at Coke, at Pepsi, at Nestle, at all these different companies, and they didn't have the answers. And these were people that were actually working in production. We're working at, you know, on the bottling lines. I just thought, gosh, it's so interesting that people don't, aren't they curious? Aren't they really interested to understand why something needs something? And so I think at first, as I started to ask and, you know, was okay and being humbled as I was asking that question, it almost was kind of funny to me. And that, because I thought in the tech industry, growing up in the tech industry and, you know, kind of doing disrupting at every single, you know, step along the way where we were trying to better, we were trying to continue to build on those things. It was very acceptable to ask like, oh, for example, like if we were to ever get to broadband, what would broadband actually do? Well, it would be able to allow graphics to go across the internet much faster and much faster. And so things like that, that sort of you know mindset of being okay, it just didn't exist in this industry. And I felt like it allowed me to really stand out in some ways that I was willing to ask questions. Sure, there were probably people with their own insecurities, right? That they were projecting on me saying, you know, I'm not going to spend my time talking to you because I don't need to know that information. When other people were like, oh, that's really, oh, that's a good question, right? Why? I've never really thought about it. And I'm thinking you produce product every single day and you don't know why it has preservatives in it. And you don't know why, like how we got to a certain shelf life or, you know, why it's three months versus six months. I mean, things like that, I just felt like we're, we're just, you know, kind of fun to maybe mm. poke at people a little bit because nobody had the answer. And I figured someone's got to have the answer at some point, but, but they didn't. And what I didn't realize until, you know, we ultimately solved that problem was that people didn't know what the answer was 
because it didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so after a while, I just thought, well, what if we did this way? What do we have to lose if we just go try some other ways? We'll be no further than no further back than we were at the beginning of this. And maybe we'll solve a problem and can cut some costs off and all of those kind of things too. I love that. Now, if individuals pick up this book and they could only take away one thing from it, what would you want that one thing to be? I think going back to the, the initial point that you made, which is that it starts with you and it starts in believing in yourself. And I think that the thing that I really wanted people to understand, not just entrepreneurs, but also people who are maybe trying to do hard things in their own job and their life and their, you know, in their, in their journey is that you have to know that you can do really hard things. You don't need lots of experience in order to do them. You need the ability to really go out and try and face your fears, your challenges, your own doubts, and just go out and start. I think that something I talk about on social a lot is that, you know, if we don't go and start, if you don't put your toe in the water and actually see what you can accomplish, it's really hard to get over those fears, mm. right? But when you look at what you were able to do and what you were able to accomplish and how much fun it is to go out and challenge yourself and do those things that maybe you didn't think you were able to do, but you did it. Maybe you didn't do it as fast. Maybe you, you know, weren't in a position where, you know, you thought you were going to be able to do it though, and you did accomplish something. And so that is the one thing that I would say, I want people to understand through my story that it is possible. And maybe you'll go and be an entrepreneur, or maybe you'll start to think in your own life that I've got to figure out what I'm afraid of, what I'm challenged by. There's a story in there even about my personal life of being afraid of fear, sorry, afraid of heights. And so challenging myself to go and hike the Grand Canyon and, you know, those things, you don't have to be a working parent or a, or, you know, an entrepreneur to really appreciate. We all have fears. And I think that the best thing to do for yourself, uh, to know what you're, what you're made of and what you can accomplish is to go out and find your, find your fears, find those things that you think are hard. Cause I bet you'll be able to accomplish if not all of them, a few of them. Absolutely. I, I really resonate with that. I want to touch on something you just mentioned. And I mean, I think this is one of the main reasons people don't start to do something or they're just happy with where they're at, making little advancements. And that's fine to each their own. But if you're listening to a podcast, I'm sure you want the most out of your life. You mentioned maybe you don't do it as fast or... Mm -hmm. Then you have to bring into the fact that there's failure involved. Maybe you don't do it at all, right? Maybe you try and you fail. What's your advice to those people? Like, those are the reasons why they're not doing it. And obviously there's more too. What's your advice to those people? I think it's, it's how you measure failure too, because when I look back on my life, there's things that didn't go the way that I wanted them to be, right? Maybe sure. they're things that I thought were going to last longer, or I'm thinking in particular of a story that I wrote about in the book was Starbucks, where we were in Starbucks, everything was going great. And then it wasn't because they changed strategy and we ended up getting pulled out of, of all those stores. What did I learn from that experience and taking the time to look at those things that maybe you consider failures today, when you actually go in and you look at okay, what did I do wrong? 
maybe even your answer is I did nothing wrong and it was all on them. Then hopefully over time, as you start to move forward, you think about the fact that the reason I cared about I'll use Starbucks as in this example, the reason I cared so much is it was 40% of my overall business. Mm. And I should have never allowed an account, a relationship to be 40% of your overall business, right? That's why you care so much because you're vulnerable. You know, you have risk and, and things like that. So again, when you start to look at you look at these, you know, failures that come up that eventually get worked out, maybe they don't end up exactly how you want them. Will that help you by looking at how things could have gone a little bit differently? Will that help you in the future to make different decisions and do things differently? Right. Now there's a, there's a quote that's out there that says, if you have a plan, God will laugh or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, you just mentioned pivoting. How do you stay on your toes? Not even just in business, but in life in general, right? Because I mean, we might want to make a certain amount of money and then 40% of our business gets taken away, or we, we might want to be with this person the rest of our life. And then whatever happens, it just blows up. So I'm curious, how do you stay on your toes? I think flexibility is really the key thing, because I think, first of all, being an entrepreneur, things take way longer uh, mm. than you ever imagined. I think everybody that I talk to that has been an entrepreneur, it's rare that there's overnight successes, right? So I think being, being flexible, being you can have a plan and goals, but actually look at things that happen along the way. I mean, nobody that I know, very smart people plan for this pandemic, right? And there's different things that come up in the pandemic that have a lot of people challenged. Maybe you planned on working and you had a babysitter for your kids. And then all of a sudden this last, you know, 18 months has been, well, that whole thing changed. And you know, now I'm home with the kids. The kids are back in school. I don't want to go get a job yet because I'm thinking that maybe that's, maybe I've got to see exactly what happens this winter. I think more than anything, you have to really look at your situation and take it easy on yourself too. But also know that at some point you have to put a stake in the ground and move forward. And I think that that's the thing that is most challenging to people and it's really scary, but you have to do it. You have to figure out exactly how you can continue to move forward in some way. Absolutely. Now, Kara, I know you do a lot of these podcasts. I'm curious, what's a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? Good question. I've been asked a lot of questions along I'm the way, sure. but I know I'm, I'm just thinking, and how would I answer it is the, is the key thing. You know, I think one of the questions, I, I guess I've been asked this question before, but I haven't been, uh, I think I, I haven't really had, you know, a, a huge answer for it, but what is it that I would be doing if I wasn't, if I wasn't building Hint? And I think that the key thing for me is going into a company and doing what I'm doing that really helps people, you get this, it's a pull. And it's this fantastic pull that I share with people that maybe you get that from doing nonprofit work, right? You, where you're helping people in some way, there's a lift that goes on that feels really, really good. So it's beyond you and your team building something that is, you know, 
going to make you lots of money or, or go build things. I think for me, it really goes back to the people and the customers and the change that you believe that you can create. I think for, for me, I can't imagine that, that I wouldn't always be doing something that really helped people. Cause I, I think that that's a very personal experience for me now, just from doing this with my company. Absolutely. Now, where does that desire to help the desire to impact come from? Well, I think when you have, when you're able to be in it, right. You were, and, and that's it. Like I never really, I guess I did volunteer stuff over, over the years, but you're seeing the impact on such a large scale when people are reaching out to you. I, I mean, how many times have you called a beverage customer service department or unless your order was messed up? Right. But I mean, to actually just say, thank you. I mean, that to me, those phone calls and emails come daily right? and multiple emails. And so I always think like there's, there's a process in place there where people that, I mean, they say it really helped, but it probably 10 X that really helped. And I think that that is the key thing to, you know, if you are lucky enough to have the experience that I've had for the last 16 years, I think that that is, that's where it comes from. Absolutely. That's a beautiful thing. Now I know I need to get you out of here. I got one last question for you. If you live to whatever year you want to live, you write as many books, you hop on as many podcasts, you scale your business to wherever you want, you build as many businesses as as you want, you impact as many people. If you could only be remembered for one piece of advice, what would that be? You know, I think really being, being helpful to people. I think it goes back to this as well that I think, you know, that I guess weave in kindness and, and, you know, gratefulness into there as well. But I think that you don't have to be a nasty person, no matter how high you get up or be, or not be able to communicate in some way to help others. And I think it's, it is the people that I admire the most are the people that kind of look out for more than themselves and more than the company, but also are looking out for their employees, their customers, their, you know, and, and so I think more than anything, if I can actually help people through creating a great product that will change their lives, will change their health in some way, that would be awesome. But more than, more than that, I think also just being helpful to entrepreneurs and, and motivating them to know that they can is, would really be the, the key. That's amazing. I love it. Kara, you are absolutely fantastic. Do you have anything else on the horizon that we should make people aware about? You know, just pick up a bottle of Hint. I have it right here. And follow me on social at Kara Golden with an I. And hopefully I'll hear from you. And hopefully you'll pick up a copy of the book, whether you're an entrepreneur or just a person that is curious about these entrepreneurs and people that go and create new things and their mindset. Hopefully it will be inspirational for you. I love that. I'm going to make sure that the link to the book and also your socials is in the show notes of this episode. So Kara, thank you again. Absolutely amazing stuff. Hope to have you back soon. We have a lot to talk about. So (laughs) absolutely. Well, thanks again. And uh, yeah. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you. And there it is, everyone. Episode number 214, again, with our friend Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint Inc. Now, with that being said, let's get this out of the way. If Kara taught you today how to become undaunted, how to overcome your own personal doubts about yourself, about your abilities, so on and so forth, 
And if she has helped you overcome the doubters that just so happen to be in our life, I'm going to ask you to share this episode. Share it with someone that you know needs to hear it. Whether you do that directly, whether you do that on social media, however you decide to do it, let us know you shared it. We want to take care of you. We want to send you a coffee. We want to send you a gift card because you're doing God's work. You're being a beacon of light for the people that are in your life, for the people you're connected with. I guarantee you there are so many people in your world right now that really need messages like these today and being able to lighten them up. Being able to provide them with some grace, some insight, some experience from an amazing individual just like Kara will truly, truly rock their world in the most positive way possible. Now, on top of that, you could check out Kara in the show notes of this episode, websites, socials, podcasts, books, all of that good stuff will be there. And until next time, episode 215 on the way in just a few moments. Peace, everyone.